Hey everyone, my name is Iman Chaudhry. And my name is Danielle Solish, and today you're listening to the 17th episode of Seeing Clearly, which is a pre-clerkship guide to all things ophthalmology. On today's episode, we are going to be interviewing Dr. Lorenz Kuske. So a little bit about Dr. Kuske. Dr. Kuske is a physician from Switzerland who completed his ophthalmology training in 2019 and then proceeded to begin a glaucoma and advanced anterior segment surgery, two-year fellowship here in Canada with Dr. Ike Ahmed and his team at the University of Toronto. Dr. Kuske also has a great passion for teaching, which led him to start his YouTube channel for ophthalmology residents called Learn About Eyes. So without further ado, we'd like to introduce Dr. Kuske. All right. Hi, you guys. So nice to be here. Thank you for the invitation. Thank you for joining us. We're really excited to have you here. Um, without further ado, we're going to just jump right into our questions. Okay. So Dr. Kuske, would you mind just telling us a little bit about what drew you to the field of ophthalmology? So actually, that was uh, more of a coincidence. Um, so during med school, I started getting really into photography and it, it was just one of my big hobbies. And with that, all things ophthalmology seemed so easy. All of the physics behind it, um, everything with light and apertures and all of that um, seemed very simple uh, because I was spending a lot of time with this uh, topic anyways. Mm -hmm. And I'm a very visual guy, so it felt like this is a good subject for me because it's mostly visual, just pattern recognition. Um, and I always felt very comfortable with that subject, but it, it seemed to be a bit of a smaller uh, subject and I wanted something bigger. So the original plan was to go into general surgery, um, but then I started in general surgery and I just did not like the lifestyle. I did not like the people. I did not like um, having like eight hours surgeries straight, uh, always standing up. Um, and I started looking around and actually uh, remembered that during my electives, when I was still in med school, I was, uh, I had some, uh, I had two electives in one in the States and one in Australia. And the one before that, I wanted to do something fun, something that I knew I would enjoy so that I would have enough time to prepare for my travels afterwards. So I went to ophthalmology for that, kind of hoping that I could go home early and hoping that I would just have an easy time because it was uh, a field that came easy to me. And then it turned out that it was the best people I've ever met in there. And it was just looking through the slit lamp, looking through the biome on a retina surgery, looking through like seeing all these details 10 times, 16 times, 40 times magnified. Uh, it was just super fascinating. And I always like from then on, I just had it on in the back of my mind that if, if ever that doesn't turn out to be a good choice with the general surgery, I'll go back into this. And then when I didn't like it in surgery, um, I actually applied for, for ophthalmology. And because I had such a good time there um, in Basel with the team, um, it was actually uh, I was lucky enough to get in pretty quickly, so I didn't have to wait and do, you know, research or, or any uh, big time uh, investment before I could actually start my residency. And then I've actually never looked back and I would not recommend anything else to anybody else, to be honest. Wow, that's, that's awesome. As a student, uh, it's always super nice to hear that, you know, you can change your mind if uh, you don't like something. So that's really inspiring. Thank you for 
for sharing. This. Absolutely. Yeah. So definitely go into whatever interests you and then change your mind if you if, and don't definitely don't stick with it uh, if you don't like it, because you're going to work until you're uh, at, probably for our generation, you're probably going to work until you're 70 or 75. So better well, choose something you like. For sure. Thank you for that advice. Uh, that's incredible. Um, so we're just going to move on a little bit uh, to uh, talk about your fellowship. Um, you're actually mm -hmm. our, the first uh, fellow that we've interviewed on our podcast. So oh, good. explaining to our uh, listeners what it means to be a glaucoma and advanced anterior segment surgery fellow and maybe a Absolutely. bit of how long it is, what you do and your day to day. So I can only speak for our program here uh, in Toronto with Dr. Ahmed um, as the fellowship director. Uh, but it is, so it's a one-year fellowship usually, but there's three fellows for the one-year fellowship each year, and then one fellow for a second-year fellowship. So each year there's three first-year fellows and um, one second-year fellow. And what we do is a lot of glaucoma surgery and complex anterior segment surgery. That means um, iris sutures, uh, ir iridodialysis repair, um, complex cataracts, dislocated cataracts, um, lens exchanges. We do a lot of lens exchanges, calcified lenses, damaged lenses, uh, dislocated lenses, uh, stuff like that. And all the spectrum of glaucoma. So basically, I think this is what the main, what you can say the main focus is during the first year is just learning all different aspects of glaucoma surgery. We do from big tubes and surgeries, spare valve, Ahmed, valves, uh, over traps, pressure flows to small microinvasive uh, or minimally invasive glaucoma surgeries like eye stents, hydras, um, goniotomies, all of it. So it's a very wide range. Um, and I think this is the, the thing that you have to keep in mind. Um, it is, I would say it's a pretty challenging fellowship uh, because it does include, I, I always feel like it's two fellowships in one. It's the complex anterior segment stuff combined with the glaucoma stuff. And I think um, that makes it extra hard because you have to be proficient in two topics and you can't just focus on glaucoma. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that. It's definitely interesting for us to learn more about because I feel like when you're from a medical student perspective, you know, you can go into a field, but then you forget about all the different fellowships and all the different, like very specific aspects you can do within a field, which is awesome to just have those different specialists yeah. in ophthalmology. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and yeah, I can only recommend that. Uh, I think it's a very good field. It's a cool combination. Mm -hmm. um, and it makes sense from, uh, from my perspective, because uh, especially if you're talking about dislocated lenses, um, it's very often it's pseudoexfoliation patients who, whose lenses dislocate. And those are also our glaucoma patients. So we don't, we usually have combination or we usually, we often have combination surgery. So we do glaucoma surgery to regulate the pressure and at the same time, uh, refixate or exchange the lens. Right, that's amazing. Thank you for sharing that with us. Um, so would you mind just to expand a little bit about like 
what it looks like for a day in a fellowship? Like, are you typically uh, operating all day or are you in clinic? Do you get teaching? Absolutely. So uh, there's, I would say there's two types of days that we have. Um, I would say on average, we have, I would say two to three OR days, surgery days and two clinic days. Um, sometimes we have a day of research or just time for, for to catch up or research. Um, let's say uh, we have a typical day with three OR days and two clinic days. Um, on a clinic day, I would just come in like 7.30 uh, or 7.45, do some office stuff, make sure everything's ready. And then I would probably start. Uh, so most patients, they're ready at 8.00. And then we just see patients. It's quite a fast pace. So there's not a lot of time um, for each patient. And you have to remember those are mostly complex uh, cases. So you do have to hurry up. Um, it ends up usually, uh, you usually end up without a lunch break um, and you're just going through. Um, and then you're done by, if you're super fast, you're done by four. Um, if you have more patients that you do, you know, you do need to, uh, make some small, small interventions or, or you're just behind, which sometimes I am, um, then it can end up being five or six, but I'm rarely there in clinic later than six. Um, we usually have a, lo a, a few phone calls at the end of the day, and then we go home. And what we do or what, we, what you have to think, um, if you do so much surgery, if you, have, if you can fill three uh, three days of surgeries, uh, those patients, they don't just grow on trees, right? They don't just, we don't just, uh, they don't just walk into our clinic. So they get referred to us. Mm -hmm. And that means after you get home, you go through all the referrals, mm -hmm. um, you, you triage them. You say this, especially for glaucoma, it's important to triage, right? Um, this patient has to come in next week. And this patient is, that's just a routine, thing they can come in in one month or two months uh, so we go through all the referrals at home um, we give our suggestions and then uh, Dr. Ahmed uh, either makes changes or just agrees with the suggestions and then they get booked so that's usually when I get home I do some uh, I work on the referrals um, sometimes you know there's small stuff like a patient calling didn't understand how to take the meds or uh, re refills on the prescriptions or whatever and then uh, for a surgical day, it's usually that I'm on the night before I, I prepare for the surgery, um, especially Dr. Ahmed is a perfectionist. So you have, he really demands a lot from you. Um, and he really wants you to know every single step, you know, it wants you to know where you're going to put your incisions, where how you're going to hold your instruments and you, he wants you to know every single thing about every single patient so you might be in the middle of surgery asking you exactly like how did this visual field look last time what what's the what was the pressure after surgery of the other eye uh so you kind of spend quite some time the evening before or the morning before uh the surgery um i then i usually get up at like 5 five thirty, something like that go over all my patients again and then drive to the hospital. Uh, the fellows here, they do set up the OR, which uh, some people might not like. It was a bit of a 
uh, new thing for me in the beginning, but right now uh, I do actually like it because you know if you've set up all the instruments, if you've set up the microscope and if you've cleaned the microscope and set up everything, you know it's working. You don't have to, it's not like uh, you're in the middle of the first case remembering, oh, this isn't working. So um, you know exactly why. Uh, if it's not working, it was your fault and you're not going to do it again. So we set up the whole OR, get everything ready. And then uh, usually at eight, we start. We have, we do all our cases back to back, um, at least in the OR with uh, where Dr. Ahmed does his surgeries. There's usually no lunch breaks in other ORs where we work there. It are some breaks sometimes. Uh, we do all the surgeries and we're usually done by 3.30. And then depending on the day, we either go back to clinic to see some patients or we go home and uh, do all our surgical notes. Uh, we put all, all the stuff into our uh, system. We do our dictations and we do more referral uh, management after this. So that's basically the two, type of, uh, two types of um, days that we have. And then because we see so many patients during the week and because we see so many, or we have so many surgeries um, during the week, uh, we, we usually work on the weekend where we preview for the whole week uh, because, it's, or at least for me, I'm not fast enough to have everything done on a weekday as well or on a weeknight as well. So we, we usually do as uh, on the weekdays, uh, on the weekends, uh, we spend a couple of hours where we preview the whole week we prepare for all the patients so it takes less time during the week wow thank you for sharing all of that sounds like uh extremely busy but probably rewarding two years uh that you're you're going through uh, absolutely yeah so I, I think that's what you have to kind of uh keep in mind if you go into any surgical field yeah um it's one one surgery um takes, uh, I would say, at least three times as much time in clinic. So you have to see a referral. You have to go through referrals. You have to select the right patients. You have to see the patients before. You have to plan the surgery, book the surgery. Um, you have to see them postoperatively. So it's not like you can't just uh, be operating 24-7 and never see anybody in clinic. That doesn't work. So the more surgery you do, the more clinic you do. That's pretty sure. Wow. Well, thank you for uh, explaining all of that to us. So now that you've kind of talked about your day-to-day -day here in Canada, uh, like we mentioned in the introduction, you're from Switzerland and you did some of your training abroad. Uh, okay. So do you mind maybe talking a little bit about the differences you've noticed practicing and training in the U.S. or abroad versus in Canada? Absolutely, yes. So um, I myself, I've worked only for one month in the US and it seemed to be pretty similar to Canada or at least what I hear from our other uh, fellows here who were from the US. Um, I think the biggest difference is in terms of how you get into residency and how residency is organized. So here it seems to be um, pretty clear that it's just one program, you apply to the program and they're responsible that you come out of the out the other end as a good whatever eye doctor or um, surgeon or you know gynecologist or whatever. Um, in Switzerland, it's different. You have a certain amount of things that you have to have done 
to to get your degree but you can take as long as you want and you can spend as much time at different places or as on in as many places as you want to actually get there so there's a few requirements like you have to have spent now for ophthalmology i think it's you have to have spent three years at a university hospital but that can be three different uh, three years in three different hospitals it can be three years in the same hospital and you have to have spent at least um, one year in a different hospital so that you don't I actually find that one of the uh, of the best rules because it it's very easy to to kind of think whatever we're doing in this clinic is the only thing that's correct and if you have to if you're forced to switch you kind of get to learn okay they do it a little bit differently here and it still works so you learn that there's different um, ways of doing or, or handling different uh, the same situations and they all work and you just you kind of find a common common ground and what's actually important and yes yeah, so at the end uh, whether it takes whether it took you uh, with the minimum is five years um, or whether it took you 10 years to do it at the end, you just have to be able to do uh, to pass the exam and to to prove that you actually spent all this time um, at those clinics. So that's the biggest difference for sure. Awesome, thank you for sharing that. Yeah, I think that like us being both completely in the Canadian medical system, like we are very much like that's what we know as of right now. And so it, it's always nice to hear about like, you know, fellows coming from abroad or individuals like studying in, in the States and all of that. So thank you for sharing that. Um, and then I guess this is like going to wrap up our final questions relating to you and ophthalmology before we get into the um, would you rather section. But um, my question is, so like in the intro, we mentioned a little bit about how you have a YouTube channel. So I was wondering mm -hmm. if you could talk a little bit more about this, about the type of videos that you create, like what type of learners this appeals to and all of that. All right. Yes, uh, absolutely. Love to. So uh, during or basically, uh, as I mentioned in the beginning, during my med school years, I started getting into photography, uh, mostly still photography. But then in the recent years, I got really into videos. Um, and I, I was just making some hobby films, uh, travel videos. And I thought because all of the knowledge that I've gained for whatever video, um, uh, what everything, everything concerning video knowledge, I learned on YouTube and I don't, I don't like reading all that much. I like watching videos and watching different videos and really getting, um, diving deep into a topic there from uh, list by listening to specialists. And I felt like, this is completely missing in medicine. And because ophthalmology is the field that I'm in, this is definitely missing in ophthalmology. All that you have or all that you had was basically uh, lectures that were taped, usually in bad quality, uh, bad sound quality. And that was all you can find online. Um, I don't know if you guys know Tim Root's uh, channel. He has amazing videos and i've learned so much just from watching his videos and i probably uh so i have a little uh 
uh, a OneNote uh, notebook with all my medical knowledge. And I would say 50% of my basic knowledge has, has uh, screenshots from Tim Root's videos in it. So I thought, this, this is missing for clinical knowledge. This is missing uh, what good, well-produced, nice to look at, nice to hear content for clinical knowledge is missing. And I like filming videos. So that's uh, when I got the idea to start that. And it was actually a lot of fun doing. Um, I have to have, I had to put it on hold a bit now during the fellowship because it's just too busy and uh, anyone who's ever uh, filmed and edited a video knows it takes a whole weekend at least uh, or several weekends. So I never had that time. But my goal is basically to have a platform where you can learn all of the stuff that you can't read in books, like tricks, how to hold your lens for the fundus exam, tricks, how you do your... Um, uh, uh, Goldman applanation tonometry, uh, tricks how you do eye movements, pupil exams, everything, all the stuff. I don't want to repeat what's what's already written down in books. I want to repeat what your um, residents, your older res senior residents or your attendings teach you in clinic. And I've actually found, I've never, I've, I was uh, too ignorant to actually think uh, of this as a possibility, but I found out that most of my viewers or a big part of my viewers are actually from countries like from more foreign countries, like 20% of my viewers are Indian and I have like Polish viewers. I have uh, uh, very, uh, I, I don't have Swiss viewers, <laughs> um, a couple of the American viewers couple of Canadians but it's mostly like Africa India and I I'm kind of thinking well it's good if you have if you're in a top program you don't need to watch YouTube videos for the stuff that you're learning in clinic anyways right but you may be in a more um, rural area you may not um, be in one of the uh, top programs and you may not have the best teachers in the world just right there working next to you all day so i try to produce the best possible content so that everybody all of the uh residents all over the world they can actually watch it and have some quality i'm not saying that i can match any top program but some quality um learning and teaching there no that's amazing and i mean any video that's out there is obviously beneficial for, for learners because as you said, there, there aren't many. Um, so thank you for, for doing that for students. Uh, we'll definitely put the link to the YouTube channel in our uh, bio so that our it, listeners can check it out. Thank you very much. So it is pretty small still. It, it, keeps, it keeps on growing, which makes me hopeful that when I restart again after my fellowship, uh, after my two years of fellowship, that it will still be there. Um, yeah. It's currently at 7,000 subscribers. So uh, and I haven't uploaded anything for a year, so it's still growing. And I'm hopeful to actually build a nice platform where you can actually use this uh, as supplementary teaching um, yeah. next to your program. That's amazing. And congratulations on that. And hopefully we'll uh, see some new videos uh, in the future. Um, but with that, we kind of wrapped up our ophthalmology related questions. So now we 
go into our more fun segment of the episode. So we're going to ask you some would you rather questions. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll start with the first one and then Danielle will do the second. Very good. Um, so would you rather spend the rest of your life uh, with a sailboat as your home or an RV as your home? So I don't know if you can see that. <laughs> I'm actually, there are actually boats behind me. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and one of my dreams is to be able to go to work with a boat. Um, so I think I'd rather live on a sailboat than an RV because it would just, with an RV, you park on a crappy parking spot at night and on a sailboat, you can just be anywhere in the water. For sure. You need to make sure you don't have any motion sickness for that. Yeah. I actually do, but maybe you can, <laughs> maybe you can get used to that. I don't know. you normalize to it for sure okay and then my question is would you rather have all the traffic lights that you approach be green or never have to stand in a line again that's a difficult one i think um i'd rather have all the traffic lights ever to always to be green because to be honest i kind of enjoy standing in a line from Mm -hmm. time to time uh, it gives you time to check your phone or to reflect or to meditate or whatever. And it slows you down a bit. And usually when I'm in a car, <laughs> I do want to get places. I'd yeah. rather uh, yeah. spend my time uh, on my feet in a line than in the car waiting for it, for it to turn green. It'd be incredible if every light was green. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Especially in Toronto. Yeah. Yeah, no need to drive in that traffic. So that would be nice. Um, And with all of that, we are just going to finish wrapping up our episode. So we want to thank you for coming, for joining us, for speaking so candidly about everything that you do. Um, We also just want to thank everyone who's listening to all all for listening to our episodes of Seeing Clearly, which is our pre-clerkship guide to all things ophthalmology. Um, for all our listeners, you can continue to stay caught up with iCurriculum and check out our website at www.icurriculum.com or our Instagram at iCurriculum. And Dr. Kuske, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you guys for having me. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to, to listen more to you more of your uh, episodes i've been listening to them on on my car rides when i was waiting (laughs) in front of the red lights (laughs) (laughs) thank you bye guys Bye. bye